Now, I've had a very hate-hate relationship with the character Spider-Man. Um, always my least favourite of the Marvel characters. Um, it's... I think one of the problems I have is um, the relentless reboot. And even though they're now doing Batman again with Robert Pattinson, who I think is an excellent choice, but I just wish they'd give it five years before they did another one. Spider-Man has continually been rebooted, often with very little gap. Um, the first couple of films I will give you were pretty decent. The what Tobey Maguire starring films. But the problem I... The third was absolutely atrocious. Even Spider-Man fans hate the third one. But the problem I had was I don't like the character. I don't like the teenage love affair, which seems to be a big part of every single film. And you can do that once where he's sort of desperately in love with the girl at high school, but it seems to be in almost every single film. And that was a bit tedious. It was Chris and Dunt, so it was actually a high watermark as far as the Mary Sue characters go um, in the first ones. But the other thing is, I haven't really liked the actors playing him. I hate Tobey Maguire so much. I cannot stand Tobey Maguire. So even though they were very well-helmed films, arguably the precursor to the modern superhero franchise dominance, it came out before the Batman films and before the proper Marvel films like Iron Man sort of kicked off this modern obsession with them. So it was quite an important franchise when it came out. And I wouldn't say that they were bad films, but when you don't really like the lead character and you don't like the actor playing them, it kind of put me off. Um, after that, they did it again with Andrew Garfield, and those films were pretty dire. I like Andrew Garfield, I do, um, but the second one of those films might actually be the worst superhero film outside of stuff like Fantastic Four. It was abysmal, a complete mess, and they killed it off again. In fact, the only one of the four different uh, Spider-Man iterations I've actually enjoyed has been the animated film that came out last year, which was really, really good, really clever, fresh, original, and I didn't find it as annoying. But they've actually rebooted it again with... uh, Tom, Tim Holland, Tim Holland, Tom Holland, I'll have a look in a second, with John Watts directing in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, they've already done one film, uh, which is Spider-Man Homecoming, and that came out about three years ago, and I didn't like it at all. I found Tom Holland to be uh, actually very, very annoying, um, even more teenage. A lot of people have loved him, but I found him to be the most teenage out of all of them. And it had a terrible love, it had the whiny teenage love affair thing that all the Spider-Mans have got. Um, but it was a very unconvincing and uninvolving one. The girl that he was infatuated throughout the whole movie on, which made it very tedious because it was never far away from being front and centre. There was just no connection between them at all. It's just like you looked at her, she looked like the kind of 16-year-old that gets picked up by elite modeling agency and she was about a foot taller than them and you just think there's no way that she's interested in you um and i didn't like the film i thought it was dull and i thought it was a bit of a mess and up against the marvel films that were coming out like the top end ones i've never understood why the spider-man characters always put as a top tier character alongside well uh, ahead of people like thor and captain america when the films that they were making were often much much better and I didn't like uh, the feebleness of Tom Holland's 
version of Spider-Man. Every time it showed up in the Avengers, I kind of got a bit annoyed. Uh, and they wed his future to um, Tony Stark uh, as Iron Man. They kind of made it obvious that they were making the next round of the Marvel Universe after Endgame would be focused on the heir to Tony Stark, who is um, the Spider-Man character. And I kind of found that a bit annoying. It's kind of like he just arrived at the table. So after Endgame, uh, which came out earlier in the year and was very good, um, he's he's sort of like now being posited as the, the new start for the Marvel Universe. Or you could look at it as this was the final hurrah in the old Marvel Universe, given that Samuel L. Jackson turns up again uh, as S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever the post-S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Um, the director's interesting, though, because he's someone that's gone from low-budget films. I think he made a film called Clown, and then a really interesting film called Cop Car, which was a low-budget indie film, which I gave great reviews to a, a good few years back, probably five or six years ago on this show. It's excellent. Two kids stealing a, a police car, and it was a really good film. Um, to go from that to $160 million budgets for Spider-Man movies is quite weird. Um, but anyway, he's returned. He did the first one, which I had really quite hated. Uh, and he's come back this time. It's again set in school mainly, but at least they moved the school to uh, a European vacation. So this is the European vacation Spider-Man, where him and his classmates go off to Europe, to Venice, to Prague to Rome and Paris and, and and all of these sort of places to do a summer tour uh, of Europe. And, of course, they have to shoe in the love interest, which is very tedious at the start. Uh, and this time around, MJ is played by Zendaya, who was in the previous film. Now, I didn't like the girl who was the love interest in the previous film at all, but it wasn't Zendaya. She was like the cool chick on the sidelines with the pithy one-liners and the the evil attitude and I actually thought she was kind of great in it she was my standout of the whole film so it's interesting this time around they've actually made her the love interest and that's a big bonus for a start she's a much more engaging actress much less bland um her real name is is Zendaya um she's uh, a lot less bland she's a lot more sort of like if you've got a, a Bob Bob's Burgers or any of those cartoons there's always the goth chick who's really mean to everyone and so on and and she's that character and she does it really well but there's also much more of a connection between her and Tom Holland they you you actually believe that in real life they would actually get along um so he spends the initial opening of the movie trying to get through these uncomfortably stalkerish uh, obsessive relationship that he has with MJ so it's a it's a little bit uncomfortable but happily they undercut it all with humor um, so it doesn't drag through the whole movie as this really tedious love affair it's this continually undercut by um, other kids at school being interested in her or other things happening and along the way while he's trying to enjoy being a teenager and get over the fact that he's just been involved in a mega apocalyptic event on earth which was the, which was finished up with endgame he's pursued by samuel L. jackson because they want him to come into the fold and take over and and, and sort of they all the other superheroes like thor and, and iron man and, and captain america are gone now so they need him and he's continually rejecting them saying you know just let me be a kid i don't want to be a part of this and into the mix comes mysterio 
played by, and this was quite an eye-opener, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, a much more serious actor um, who's done brilliant work. I think he's one of the best actors of his generation. Ironically, Joaquin Phoenix is also playing a superhero role in The Joker, but that seems like a very, very black version of what a superhero film can be uh, and, and one of the year's most interesting films. And you wondered how Jake Gyllenhaal would fit in, whether he was just going for a paycheck. He actually does brilliantly. He's got a great character. Um, so he appears at the start as this alien who's got superpowers, who is there to protect the Earth from the elementals, these Earth, fire, wind, and water, um, who, who come up in, who destroyed his home planet. And uh, the aliens are appearing at exactly the same spots on Earth as they did on his Earth. So he's come from a different dimension where his planet Earth is different to ours, but it's still the Earth. Um, and he's project, protecting the Earth from these elementals, but they need Spider-Man to help him because the last one's too powerful. And uh, Samuel Jackson reroutes their European vacation to go to all of the danger spots, which I thought was a really asshole thing to do. I mean, he's putting loads of kids in danger just to get them there. To get Spider-Man now, I thought that was a bit out of order. Um, so Tom Holland can't do anything right because basically whatever happens, S.H.I.E.L.D. are there or whatever came after S.H.I.E.L.D. to reroute the bus or give them a new bus and so on until he can actually be in the spot where this fire demon's going to attack uh, after the uh, water one levelled Venice um, and sort of made him made Jake Gyllenhaal kind of like the Tony Stark mentor character to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. He understands him. And he does think, you know, yeah, you should, if you want to walk away, you should walk away and just be a kid. Uh, and he's a very nice guy. Um, and all this sort of pans out quite reasonably. It's, um, it's a lot more entertaining than the Homecoming, the original film. And it's a lot less annoying than the other films as well. Because whenever he gets a bit too soppy, it is undercut with a lot of humour. And the other characters are quite good in it as well. Um, but in the halfway stage, the rug is pulled from under you. And everything you've known up until that point has been completely destroyed. And that's very inventive. Uh, it's actually got the, by far the most inventive plots of one of the uh, more modern Marvel films. Um, it's a really good twist, and I won't go into it, but it turns everything upside down and does so quite well. Um, so how did I feel about... I can't tell you any more about the film because then you miss the, the very good twist that happens halfway through which is really, really good. And what did I think of it? Well, compared to all the other films I've watched with Spider-Man in, apart from the animated film, this is by far my favourite. Um, like I said, I really thought the first two films with Tobey Maguire were very, very well made and directed. But it's a bit hard when you struggle with the actor and the character. And I wasn't a big fan of Tom Holland, and I found him a bit drippy in the Avengers movies. But and in the first Spidey movie, but he's a lot more amenable here. He's, he's a bit less annoying, and he's a, even though he is infatuated again with a girl at school, um, it's handled a lot better, and it's not as intrusive. Um, Jane Gyllenhaal is definitely a massive boon as well, because he's capable of quite a, an array of emotions and ways of presenting himself in this film. He has to do a couple of different roles, which is really well done. Um, Everyone's raving about it. It's got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. There, it, it looks stunning. 
Um, it's got some extremely, because of one of the elements of the films having to do with visual projections and so on, it's got some of the trippiest visuals, almost to the point where you want them to stop, because it's like this tumbling kaleidoscope of psychedelic imagery. And the only film that's been that full on has been Doctor Strange, and I wouldn't mind betting this out Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange. Um, there are some very, very hypnotic and intense psychedelic visual sequences which are excellent um some of the big monster sequences where one of these four monsters is destroying say venice are a bit nondescript they're a bit you kind of i kind of found myself getting offended that they were destroying these amazing cities when it didn't really it, it, it was like a low impact game you know it's like there wasn't anything at stake really you know that no one's going to get actually hurt um so it's kind of like a lot of blood and thunder for no real reason and they keep it at um, a comedic level when they're dealing with the school kids so even though the world's in danger it's still got this sort of farcical school air to it and you get jb smooth out of curb your enthusiasm as one of the teachers which is awesome he's very underused it's the other teacher that gets most of the lines and he does a good comedic job as well and the comedy in it is very good and it's sharp uh, and it's well done and the other kids at school as well who at least three of them were in the first film, are very good and uh, very entertaining to watch. Um, the external cast as well, uh, we get John Favreau, who's turned up. He was the director of... Um, did he direct one of the Iron Man? He's, he's directed a few of the Marvel films. Uh, originally, he starred in Swingers. Uh, he's a very recognisable actor, quite um, chunky, shall I say? Sweat. I think they describe him as sweaty at some point. Um, a big eye-opener was Marissa Tome as uh, Aunt May. Now, Aunt May has traditionally been an old lady, uh, and basically Spider-Man's parents are killed, um, his dad's killed or his mum's killed, I think in a car crash, and he lives with his Aunt May and his uncle, and um, his uncle's killed by a criminal in a sort of Batman-y way that sort of gets him involved in uh, wanting to fight crime and he lives with aunt may this time around this doddery old lady is marissa tomei and she is way too hot to be that role it's kind of like a good thing though because it's kind of uh <clears throat> it's kind of it's a th bit of a thrill of the movie as well that they've got this super sexy aunt may um which is it, it's kind of funny as well marissa tomei is just always going to be gorgeous it doesn't matter how old she gets um so that's she's great she makes a really live wire um aunt may in this film and has a, a funny relationship with john favreau's character as well um some of the other kids are really good um just having a look through i can't remember who the other ch uh, kids are but his sidekick from school uh, another larger gentleman he's really funny as well and um the uh, the love interest as well is, is is instead of being this mary sue like christian dunce and all the other ones where she is just an object of affection she's actually got a lot more sort of blood to her character and she's an entertaining character um the visuals are great and occasionally a bit pointless uh been there done that it gets 90 percent on one tomatoes i don't think it's there at all um it's one of those films that possibly didn't need to happen you can argue that it, it caps off the 
Marvel years up until Endgame, it's sort of like the epilogue, as well as being the intro to the next realm of Marvel characters. But it's one of those films where everything's kind of the same at the end as it was at the start. And I don't know that a great deal was achieved. I don't know that the... I love the main character of Jake Gyllenhaal, but I'm not sure that those big sequences really paid off massively. Um, it's kind of been there, you know, how many films with an Avengers tagline have involved enormous destruction of cities? Almost all of them. And you get that vibe here as well. There's only so many gargantuan tower blocks you can see crashing into the ground. It's the other stuff that's much more interesting. Samuel L. Jackson isn't particularly well used again. I thought the same in um, Captain Marvel. He was a not as interesting as he was in the other Avengers movies, and they don't use him that greatly. Um, so it's it's I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's a very inventive film. Another part of it as well that I, I had a problem with, the twist is so good and sets up such an interesting second half of the film. I don't think it was used very well because I feel like they set up the Gyllenhaal character of Mysterio so well, and then they make all these massive changes... And it's like, it's kind of like they, they didn't really have enough time to, to set the changes in stone. It's kind of like, here you go, here's your new film. And you don't really get that deep into this whole other world that's going on. It's kind of like just there. And it's a very clever one. And I really appreciated it. And it's kind of iconoclastic the way it happens. But it isn't set as well. Like the opening half of the film is set a lot better as it builds towards that moment and then when that moment happens it all happens at once and it's kind of a bit lost so spider-man far from home i think is my favorite of the live action spider-man films uh it's probably not the best i would say one or two with um toby Maguire would be one of the best uh either one of those two would be the best but it's certainly the one that I enjoyed the most. So I'm going to give Spider-Man Far From Home a 7.5 out of 10 and a recommend from me. Now, uh, a rap artist that I haven't played on this show before, he's up to album number four, at least I don't remember doing so, uh, is Denzel Curry, who is from...